finances, investing, estate and retirement planning? Well, I went to school so you don't have to. Welcome to Finances and with Kathy and Jennifer. Welcome to Finances and. I'm Jennifer and I'm here with Kathy. Today we're going to cover setting a spending plan for your wedding, how weddings have changed over the last year and may have permanently changed, and positives and negatives to consider. Have you been to any weddings in the past, I don't know, 14, 18 months? I have. I have been to a couple of Zoom weddings over the last year. I think that's it. Weddings. The sky's the limit on what the cost can be. Averages vary across the country. So for instance, by state, it seems that Utah, Wyoming, and Idaho came in at around $20,000, while New Jersey came in at $54,000. We found a really interesting tidbit from NerdWallet, and they pointed out that it's actually really an average or an, an, an accurate average because one $1 million wedding is going to skew the average of all those thousands of $10,000 weddings. So you want to consider that if you see an average wedding cost, make sure you take that into consideration and think about those as benchmarks, not the expectation. It's hard when you see things published at how much an average of something Something is, and then you think I'm overspending it or I'm underspending it. There's a lot of math that goes into that part of the probability and finding the averages. COVID weddings have shifted us though. So the, these are kind of called micro weddings or even online weddings. And those typical costs are around $4,500. This might include things like your photography, possibly some food, your clothing, the rings, and, and a venue of where you're having this done, but it's not going to be as expensive as a t- more traditional wedding. The venues can range anywhere from $2,000 all the way up to $74,000. And so if you're looking at venues and are really surprised by the high cost, you might want to consider some of these other locales instead. So there are options like community centers, private clubs or country clubs, banquet halls, hotels, breweries and wineries, museums, barns, parks, or city buildings which some of those are still pretty expensive. (laughs) And I think that's what it comes down to, right? Is looking at what's available in your area and then still, you know, figuring out what the cost is for those. I got married in a church and then we had our reception in a banquet hall that was actually below the local town bank that that's what they had built that for a banquet hall. That was a long time ago. So it was pretty reasonably priced. What about you? Yeah. So I also got married in a church and that was very low cost for the ceremony. And then we had the reception at a local farm venue. So that's where most of the costs came in. And it was very, very beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) Flowers are another big cost for weddings, though. One suggestion that we read about was to use both high and low priced flowers to try and make your arrangements and then to take any flowers that you had at the ceremony and use them again at your reception. The website The Knot listed the 10 most popular flowers as roses, tulips, calla lilies, lily of the valley, hydrangeas, which we used at my daughter's wedding, peonies. Raniculus, Stephanotis, Sweet Pea, and Gardenia as the top 10 flowers. Clearly, you want to do some price comparisons. You can head to your local florist and get their pricing and see what they will be able to do. I was married in a very small town and the pricing was very reasonable, but you can also look at places like Costco or other wholesalers that you can buy flowers in bulk and then you can create your own arrangements. In fact, there are many tutorials that come with these websites that show you how to make arrangements. Yeah. And one benefit of talking to your florist, your florist is going to be able to tell you what flowers are in season and what they're going to be able to get for the best price. 
That's a really good point because, you know, if you're not thinking about the month you're getting married in, things like flowers or even the dress that you're choosing, you know, you could have something strappy in the middle of winter. And I don't know, it's just something to consider is what not when you're making your plans, but when you're actually going to have that wedding. Very true. Bloomsbythebox.com also offered wholesale price flowers and how-to videos on arranging. And for your cost comparison, floral bouquets can be around up to $350, while making your own could be as little as $35. Wedding gowns come in around $1,500 for most dresses. And accessories like your shoes, tiaras, jewelry, purses, that can add another $350 to $500 to your cost. Undergarments could be up to $200 and alterations is also a huge expense that's going to be on top of your dress price. And that could be up to $600. And cleaning and preserving your gown might be an additional $500. I will tell you there's a dirty gown upstairs from my then daughter's wedding that she wore around the farm joyously, but we either need to get that clean or not. It's, you know, it needs to be whatever. It needs to be cleaned. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't done that with mine either. It's been almost three years. Photographer prices can really range depending on the quality of experience the photographer has. So for instance, if you go with a student photographer, you might pay between $500 and $1,500, whereas a semi-pro photographer could be $2,500. And then it just goes up from there. If you've got a pro photographer, it could be $10,000 plus. And then if you want video recordings of the wedding as well, those were around $2,000. When my brother got married, we had the reception here at my house and we just found a friend who was willing to walk around and take pictures that cost us nothing. And they turned out fantastic because they were candid and they were fun. And the other fun thing that we didn't talk about here was because it's not a huge budget item, but it was a great idea was we went to the local high school and got a string quartet to play music in one of the rooms. And it cost us I think $50 a kid. And that money didn't even go to the kids. It went to the school for the student to be able to go on trips that the orchestra were going on. They earned money and we got wonderful live music for a couple hours in the house. It, it was it was a win, win, win to have that. It really made it special. Just made me think about that. Yeah, that's really sweet. And that's something that I think most people wouldn't even think about trying to find something like that. And it turned out really well. Wedding cakes are also something that you need to consider. They could come in around $540. I was actually at a wedding a couple of years ago where they just ordered the cake and they had a smooth white frosting on it. And then the maid of honor and I just took flowers from the wedding and stuck it into the cake. It was absolutely beautiful. It's a real cost savings for, for the cake. And of course, then it tied the theme in with the flowers. I did that at my wedding too. I chose just a very simple cake, not a lot of fancy decorations on the cake, and then just the flowers for the decoration. Such a great idea. Love it. Yeah. I love it. When couples pay for things themselves, 45% of couples will spend it from their savings. 37 will spend it from their checking. 32% of couples will spend it from their credit card. And about 28% cash. They often pay for almost half the wedding themselves. You know, wedding planners can help reduce stress for the couple and their families. It seems that about 30% of the couples are hiring someone to take care of all these plans or even just some of the plans. The average for a wedding planner is about $1,500. And NerdWallet also has a great budget planner that you can use just to figure out what things might cost for you. Brides.com suggests five ways to save money for your wedding. Look for off-peak dates, and those can include getting married on Sundays or weekdays are huge, huge money savers for weddings. And if you're going to do it virtually, it makes perfect sense that you would have it on one of these days as well. 
Yeah, definitely. They suggest not upgrading your choices. I'm guessing there would be a lot of opportunities to upgrade with whatever it is. And so just being mindful of that and that you don't need to upgrade everything. It makes me think of food just off the top of my head. You know, when they're offering, you can have certain hors d'oeuvres or you can have other certain hors d'oeuvres. Well, maybe get the high end cost and then the low end cost and compare how much it will be with all the upgrades and how much it will be with none of the upgrades. And then you can start picking and choosing those, those upgrades, maybe more fiscally responsibly. Mm-hmm. Another tip from brides.com, they suggest snipping the guest list. That can be, that's easier said than done. That's always a difficult thing to do when you're planning a wedding and deciding who you want to invite. And when you have to start cutting down the guest list, it can be it can be difficult, but also will save you money. Consider using a DJ or a playlist versus having live music. Minimize the number of vendors. This may include using one organization that does many things. So for instance, I know like a lot of hotels, if you get married in a hotel, they might have their own caterer and their own linens and their own, you know, all of those things that you might have to rent separately at other places. Some of them include it all. Yeah. And in fact, the venue again, where my daughter was married, had lots of things like table decorations we could use or canopies, things like that, that they already had them on site. So they were available for you to use. So Mm -hmm. those, again, comparing apples to apples, you want to just find out everything that's available for you that you're interested in, in one place versus another. You can even save money by considering breaking down a venue yourself or making your own table pieces or flower arrangements. You can stuff your own invites, or you can even actually just create your own invitations and address them yourself. So these are all just ways to keep your spending down. The reality is that after last year, micro weddings and Zoom weddings are options now. And creativity is what has come out of last year's wedding season. Guests will be able to choose attending, sending regrets, or attending virtually, saving the guests and family money if that's what is chosen. And that also lends itself back to having, you know, weekday weddings. If, if that's going to be when there's actually space available at a special venue that you want, then if people are going to attend virtually, that, you know, keeps it a minimum, basically. Mm-hmm. These new types of weddings have sparked other money-saving trends as well, where people are wearing suits versus tuxes, women are in jumpsuits versus gowns. These are all just the new normal in the wedding industry. And the wedding industry has adopted these changes as well, creating affordable options, of course. Larger weddings are going to come back at some point. But right now they're suggesting that they're not going to include any dance floor. It's going to be boxed food versus past food. And that they're going to have plated dinners versus buffet just because of the health concerns right now. 16% of couples state that they will require guests to be vaccinated while the wedding season is doubling up due to postponed weddings and those already planning in 2021. This means being flexible with dates, including having those weekday celebrations. I was able to attend three weddings virtually in the last 14 months. And the last one was at six o'clock on a Tuesday. It was such a treat to be invited. It was actually done live on Facebook and we were able to share their day without worrying about traveling or health concerns. And I'm sure that many more people were able to attend than than not. And it was so nice to be invited and be able to celebrate their wedding without having a great deal of cost either. That's a real benefit of these new weddings. The couple can save their money for a down payment for a house instead of having a big celebration if they choose. There's a couple of young people that got married in the past you know, 12 months or so, and their intention is to have that reception 
after the fact, once people can kind of move around more. But I, I question if they'll actually go through with that. I, I have a sense that by the time, you know, a year has passed that they might very well have said, you know what, we can just use this money towards our first home. And, you know, in the long run, I think that's a great option for people to minimize the wedding itself and maximize being able to purchase your first home if that's the thing that they want to do. Yeah. And I have to say, like, see, I've seen a lot of pictures of people that are having these like really sweet, small backyard weddings during COVID. And I feel like if I were getting married during this time, then I opt for something like small and sweet in a backyard. And I mean, it can still be really, really special. Certainly a lot of people are sad to have missed the big party, but there is a lot of good from the the small weddings that are coming out of this. I've seen the most romantic settings because they're mm-hmm. such tiny events that they can really go crazy with candles and things like that, where in a big setting, it's not the same thing where these are just intimate gatherings. And mm-hmm. isn't that what love is about, right? That intimacy. So I, I think that's been a terrific thing. Mm-hmm. Sorry that they miss out on their big party celebration, which again, they can have later, but it's, it's a nice thing also. Yeah. Finally, you can also get wedding insurance. It may cover deposits for items and it might even cover items that are lost or damaged, which might include things like your DJ, your photographer, the venue, your rings, your cake, or even your gifts. When I checked out insurance, it said that it was about $155 to $500, depending on the options of things that you wanted covered. Fanoush Tarabi from So Money lists pros and cons for getting married. This is a little less romantic, but they are true statements all the same. The first is that you have a better chance of accumulating wealth by combining incomes and improving net worth. Married couples see an increase of wealth by 16% each year of marriage. This is something I heard a podcast on this. It was several months ago, but it was they were specifically interviewing this couple and they chose to get married because of financial reasons. And they needed, you know, one person had some high medical costs and they needed better insurance. <laughs> so if they were to get married and were be able to be on the spouse's insurance, it was really going to help them save for the future. So, you know, they stated we're in love. We were going to get married eventually, but <laughs> these financial reasons kind of pushed us to get married sooner. You're, you're so right. I'll kind of do the cons here or the things to look out for, but you need to be careful when only one of you, one of the couple is in charge of that new wealth that you're gaining each year at 16%. Because even if you or your partner doesn't like to do these types of things or have these kinds of financial conversations, you just don't know when that the person who's in charge of it either won't be able to do them or won't be around to do it. So you want to make sure that you have an understanding of your finances as much as the partner that wants to and the partner that doesn't want to. When there are two of you, you have a built-in accountability coach. The two of you can keep each other honest about spending limits and reminding each other about your goals. It's another way to show how much you care about them. Money is, of course, the number one reason for divorce. And in one large study, it was found that we actually marry our financial opposites. This, of course, can cause trouble if a big spender marries a big saver. So keep that in mind before you say your I do's. Yeah, definitely have those discussions beforehand. (laughs) If you become unemployed, you are able to contribute to your spouse's IRA. Whether you choose to stay home or have to stay home due to a layoff, your spouse can keep your retirement on track. Another thing to think about is that your tax bill, if you have two incomes, you're going to be bumped into a higher tax bracket. But one interesting thing is that if you are in a home with two people in it, and only one of you is working, that combined employed and unemployed 
income actually helps lower your tax bracket. So maybe there's two of you making, I don't know, $100,000 combined versus another couple where only one of them is making that $100,000. By having two people live on that single income, it helps lower some of your tax burden. Want to talk to a tax specialist, but those are other things to consider. Married couples have choices on their health care plans and can choose what's best for their family. This includes 401ks and other employee benefits. You can also claim spousal social security benefits once your spouse files for their own and is at least 62. This is a huge win if you have not worked and contributed to your own social security savings or worked in low paying jobs. So you're going to get some social security benefits based on your spouse's record of contributing to the system. You know, clearly getting married is rarely based on any of the things we've even mentioned today, whether it's the cost of the cake or what kind of benefits you're going to get. But you should definitely be aware of all of them as you're entering into this new stage and these new big financial choices that you're making. Anything else? Yes. I was just thinking about as we were going through all of this that, you know, everybody has a different budget and we listed a lot of things for you to consider to save money. But also it's really important for the people getting married to decide what are the most important things for you in your wedding. If it's the venue, then you're probably going to be willing to spend more on that and try to cut costs in other places. If you really want live music, that's really important to you, then you're going to make that a priority. So this is just lots of different ways for you to consider saving money. It doesn't mean that based on your budget, you should be trying to do them all necessarily, unless of course you want to. Those are just ideas to help. Excellent points. Thanks for listening to Finances and Weddings. We know you chose to listen and we're grateful. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow or subscribe for free in your podcast provider. Share your favorite episode with a friend as well. Finally, consider leaving a review because it brings financial education to others and it helps other people find us easily. Please let us know what questions you'd like answered or any topics that you'd like us to cover by going to our website at financesand.net and leaving a message. You can find infographics right here in these show notes and on our website. Finances and does not provide tax or legal advice and nothing in this podcast is to be construed as such. Always consult a tax accounting or a legal professional for advice in your specific situation. Remember, I went to school so you don't have to. I am working. (laughs) It's all dirty at the bottom.